One of my favorite symptoms that I'm hearing from a lot of marketers right now is what they will tell me, I feel like an order taker. I feel like an order taker for the sales team or for the CEO. They'll have a CEO or founder come to their office every single day or ping them. Hey, I just saw this great article. Let's go implement. Hey, we everybody's starting a podcast. I think we should start a podcast, right? So this is like the order taking function. So the symptom here would be, can you clearly identify and articulate every single initiative that you're working on and how that relates back to one of the company's main priorities and goals? And if the answer is no, then there's a little bit more work to be done. Not saying that you have to stop every initiative that you're working on, but a little bit more work needs to be done on connecting the dots from here's this initiative and why I'm working on it and how it's going to ultimately impact one of those company goals. Welcome to the Internal Marketing Podcast, the unique podcast series where we flip the marketing conversation from external to internal, exploring all the ways that you can build the brand and drive growth by engaging and empowering company employees to become powerful advocates of the company brand. I have some questions for you. Does your marketing and communications function have a public relations or internal PR problem? Do the other functional areas across the business know and understand the value that your function brings? Are you getting the internal alignment that you need to win? Well, I'm your host, Carrie Ann Stimson, and I'm very happy to be bringing you this episode where we'll be discussing how you can get better alignment across the business. But before we get started, it's unnecessarily difficult to make an external marketing tool work for internal communications. The email templates, distribution lists, analytics, tools, and integrations just don't make any sense. Workshop is an internal email platform built exclusively for employee communications, and it gives you a one-stop shop where you can quickly create, send, and measure beautifully branded internal emails and messages. It even automatically syncs with your company's HR data, so you know your list will always automatically be up to date. Check out useworkshop.com marketing to learn more and to see a short demo. And of course, Workshop is the global sponsor of season three of the Internal Marketing Podcast. Thank you, Workshop. I'm happy to have you on board. So let's jump into this conversation with my featured guest, Stacey Danheiser. Stacy is the founder of Shake Marketing Group and host of Soar Marketing Society. And she'll be sharing how the marketing and communications functions can build greater internal alignment across the business. Hi, Stacy. Welcome to the Internal Marketing Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful. I'm so very excited about this conversation because I'm going to declare it up front. Internal marketing, we're very clear about the definition of internal marketing. And internal marketing is about how do we engage and empower our employees to become advocates of the brand and to be able to deliver on the brand promise and all those wonderful things. But I believe that the conversation around internal marketing is still very new. While employee advocacy, which is an offshoot of internal marketing or an output or outcome of internal marketing is picking up quite a bit of steam, internal marketing still is kind of making its way up the ladder in a lot of companies. And 
I believe that for marketers, internal communicators, and just culture leaders and leaders in general, I get the feeling that people need support in helping them to understand how they can advance the conversation around internal marketing in their own companies. How can they get buy-in? And so when we talk about getting buy-in, we also are pretty much talking about internal alignment. And you are, in my view, because I follow you on LinkedIn and that's how we connected, you are one of the queens of the internal alignment conversation, (laughs) right? Helping marketers to better understand how they can get internal alignment. And not just marketers, again, anybody who is in the business space, but specifically around the whole matter of internal marketing, I felt an internal alignment conversation would be very useful so that we can understand what are the ways in which we can engage our leaders cross-functionally across the business to tune in to this thing called internal marketing and how we can make it work for our company. So I said, why don't we have Stacy come on and talk about how can we get internal alignment within our organizations, within our businesses? And thank you so much for answering the invitation to join here today. But before we get into the meat of the conversation, I always like to start out with a level setting question, as I like to call it. And my level setting question for you today is, what is internal alignment. When we talk about internal alignment, what are we referring to exactly? Would you share with us your perspective? Yes. So my, quite simply, I would say that it is agreement across the organization, goals, priorities, and an action plan. And just to give you a little context, I spent 14 years in corporate marketing. I worked for five different Fortune 500 companies, big organizations where internal alignment, I mean, if we, if we did not figure this thing out, we were not ever going to execute any marketing campaigns. I spent half my time in consumer marketing and then the other half in B2B before then I decided to go start my own consulting practice. And what I realized is that this is kind of a missing piece of the puzzle a lot of people have a wish list of things that they want for their company or want want to do in their company, but they don't give enough attention to this, this topic of, of internal alignment and getting everybody kind of marching toward the same direction. And when we talk about internal alignment, I'm of the view, and even from personal experience, you know, I'm going to confess because, you know, confession is good for the soul. <laughs> I'm of the view and just talking to my marketing and communications colleagues that Our function in particular normally has a very difficult time getting internal alignment in our own organizations. Would you agree with that from your experience? What have you seen? And why do you think marketing and communications functions have that challenge? 100%, I agree. I think there's various factors that kind of play into this. The first, I think, is that we have seen over the last 20 years where marketing has evolved from really being aligned to business goals, aligned to customer goals, to now being more tactic oriented, right? With the advent of digital marketing, all of a sudden you had a lot of specialized roles. So people that only do email marketing or only do social media marketing or only manage the website. And, you know, I'm I'm thinking back to my first job out of college was my, my job title was acquisition marketing. It was not about a tactic. It was use every tactic available with the sole goal of acquiring new customers. And so those positions are, 
No longer. I, I see some of them kind of coming back online with retention marketing, for example. That was another job that I did. But it wasn't necessarily about the tactic. It was about the goal. What are we trying to achieve? Acquire new customers or retain existing customers. So I think that's one reason that this shift has happened is that it, it became really tactical. The second, I think, is that a lot of assumptions are being made. So we assume, and, and I've, I've co-written two books, the first one was, was called Valueology, and it was all about value propositions and how to develop and communicate your value proposition. And what was interesting research for this book is that we started asking the question to business leaders, marketing leaders, sales leaders in, in preparation for writing. And we said, well, how would you define value? How do you define a value proposition? And everybody had a completely different answer. If you think of you know, the marketer's job is to help represent a consistent and cohesive brand in the marketplace. And yet, internally, we can't even all agree on what value is and what a value proposition is for, for the company. So there you have this already off the bat, you know, misalignment. And the other thing I've noticed is that I have this, this Venn diagram that I like to show that it's, I call the A3 method. And there's, it's really like three overlapping circles. And one of them is acceleration. And that's where everybody wants to start. Marketing, we just want you to come in and accelerate revenue growth, accelerate our, our marketing momentum, accelerate you know, productivity with the sales team. But the other two pieces of the puzzle that are usually missing, one is alignment, of course, to C-suite, to the sales team goals, and to customers. And then the other piece of the puzzle is accountability. So what is marketing actually being responsible for? And are they given really that seat at the table and a leader, a proper leadership role to be able to drive this sort of change and alignment that's necessary to achieve that you know, acceleration of, of revenue growth? I'm glad you've kind of taken us in that direction, Stacy, because I believe that there are signals that come our way as marketers and communicators that likely tell us that there is a problem, that there is an alignment problem. And sometimes we may see it, we may not know what they are, or we miss them completely, or we're not quite sure how to interpret them. In your experience, again, what are some of those signals that marketers and communicators need to look out for? How do we know that we have an alignment problem? Yeah. So one of my favorite symptoms that I'm hearing from a lot of marketers right now is what they will tell me, I feel like an order taker. I feel like an order taker for the sales team or for the, the CEO. So a lot of, you know, depending on the size of the organization, a lot of marketers reporting directly into a CEO or founder, they'll have a CEO or founder come to their office every single day or ping them. Hey, I just saw this great article. Let's go implement. Hey, we, everybody's starting a podcast. I think we should start a podcast, right? So this is like the order taking function. If this is you um, or large organizations, you might have this, the sales team. Hey, I need you to update this thing. I need you to go create this piece of content. I need you to go sponsor this event. That is really like, if you find yourself in that order taking role, I would say that's sort of the first, the first symptom that there's an alignment problem. The reason for this is I've, I've been doing some research with my Confident Marketer Scorecard, and I found that 47% of companies either have a half-baked marketing plan or no plan at all. So if that's you, again, if you have a couple things written down and you don't, you know, or nothing written down at all, then of course, the result is going to be kind of in this order-taking role because nobody knows what what the goals are or what you're, what you're working on. The other big piece of this, I would say, is not having agreement on who you're going after, who you're targeting. So 
you know, this is another sort of surprising thing from my research. Over 50% of companies do not have a documented ideal customer profile. And that seems so basic. Do we all agree on who we're going after? If marketing is working toward one set of personas or customer segments, they're creating content then for the website. Based on that, they're creating emails, they're creating blog posts. But meanwhile, your sales team is out there doing going after a completely different customer segment. And there's going to be a lot of frustration and arguing sort of back and forth with content not being accurate or getting stuck sort of in that back and forth cycle of content creation when you don't have that plan in place. And then I would say the last thing is really just a full understanding of, of company goals. So the symptom here would be, you know, do you, can you clearly identify and articulate every single initiative that you're working on and how that relates back to one of the company's main priorities and goals? And if the answer is no, then there's a little bit more work to be done. Not saying that you, you have to stop every, every initiative that you're working on, but a little bit more work needs to be done on connecting the dots from here's this initiative and why I'm working on it and how it, it's going to ultimately impact one of those company goals. I heard the virtual sounds of agreement when you mentioned the point about order taking, because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that connects with a lot of marketers and communicators. And you're, you're right. All of the things that you would have shared really are great indicators of the fact that uh, we do have an alignment problem when there are certain things that aren't standardized or understood, who we're targeting, the fact that you're kind of just in, in order taking mode. Just a quick side note for everyone who is listening. You've been mentioning some great resources, your book and so on. Just to let everybody know that we will be including as many resources as we can that you've mentioned here in our show notes so they can go check, click on and download from there. You've mentioned, you know, some of the things, some of the indicators that we have an, an alignment problem, Stacy. What are some of the things that cause these alignment issues. As marketers and communicators, how can we identify what those causes are? What, what's the reason behind the alignment challenge that we're currently facing? Yeah. So, I mean, the first one and probably maybe most obvious is just the silos, right? Marketing works in one department, sales works in another, product works in another, customer service, right? You have all these different departments all reporting into a different functional head and they all have different goals and, and often competing goals. That said, I have worked in organizations where they thought, okay, the answer is to bring everybody together, right? Bring marketing and sales, and we're going to report into a business unit leader. The problem with that, of course, for anybody that has been in that situation is that oftentimes marketing ends up reporting into a head of sales. And the salespeople admittedly don't know anything about marketing. And so they are very short-term focused. And so then... Therefore, marketing gets short-term focused. And so you have sort of this discomfort and the marketing team gets frustrated with that, with that approach. So that's kind of number one is just sort of silos. The second, and, and maybe this is a cultural thing within the organization, is lack of customer focus. So there's, you know, on the surface, companies will say, we're 100% dedicated to customers. It's all about our customers, customer this, customer that. But their actions don't back that up. And you can see this when... If you're selling like a complex product and it's, well, we have to bring in the sales team and then we have to bring in the sales engineers and, oh, I have to go get my manager. Oh, and then we have to, you know, hand it off to this implementation team. And then the, the whole buying experience is very 
complicated and it's not really actually designed with the customer in mind. It's 100% designed for internal org structure, right? Geographic assignments and, and things like that. So at the end of the day, the customer does not care how you're organized internally. They just want to be able to buy something easy, get their questions answered while using it and figure out if, if there's other ways to bring people in that just make that whole process smooth. And then third, I would say, I kind of alluded to it earlier, that marketing is seen as a execution function versus a strategic one. This creates actually a lot of internal misalignment because the question I would have here is, who's the quarterback? Who is the quarterback if marketing is executing? What plan are they executing? That basically means somebody who designed the plan knew what they were doing and designed and knows what marketing is. And by the way, that's very seldom the CEO that grew up in marketing and all of a sudden became the CEO, right? Most, most CEOs are not tr trained marketers. So you may have those outliers, but most of them are not. So I believe that marketing's role is to be the quarterback, to get everybody marching toward that same goal with the same priorities and keeping everybody focused because it takes a while to get momentum in marketing, right? I'm, I'll cite a, a quick study that, that I found that was very interesting from Deloitte that reports, they, they basically did a survey with C-level folks and they reported, you know, the question was, who's responsible for the marketing plan? And only 46% said the CMO is responsible for the marketing plan. <laughs> so that's alarming. I mean, the name marketing is in, you know, chief marketing officer not responsible for the marketing plan. You know, 8% said the CEO is responsible for it. 10% said the head of sales is responsible for it. And 30% said other, which I think presumably might mean, you know, head of product, especially, you know, in a lot of technology-driven organizations where they have a tech product. So therein lies kind of the, the cause of some of this internal misalignment is that you just don't have a real central slash neutral owner of the marketing function and the, the plan of here's what our customers want, here's how our products offer solutions. And you really need somebody to kind of bridge the gap. And I think that that somebody is marketing. It's not just, hey, make things look pretty or creating communications. Who is the quarterback? I love that point, Stacey. My eyes were like, are you kidding me? The minority of people thought that the CMO owned the marketing plan. Wow. In a way, I'm kind of not surprised in a sense, because again, going back even to your order taking point earlier to know that you have a, an alignment issue, you have a misalignment uh, situation, is that if you're just taking orders, then you can't be seen as the owner. Someone else owns it and they're telling you what to do. And I think these points you're raising are very, very instructive, Stacey. And I know that the obvious big kahuna question is, how do we fix it? What are some of the strategies that marketers and communicators can use to really, really get to the bottom of their alignment issues and get things sorted? Yeah. The million dollar question, as they say. So with that in mind, I, I actually created the, the Confident Marketer Scorecard because I was curious about this myself. You know, how do we help people see where there are gaps in their marketing approach to go about fixing it? And so I have organized the scorecard to really look at four, four key areas. The first is mindset. So this is like the mindset, not only of kind of the marketer, but also the organization, right? Are they willing to take risks? Are they thinking long-term? Are they customer-oriented? Are they 
of the mindset that there is a silver bullet approach in marketing or are they willing to try a bunch of different tactics? So that's kind of the first, the first piece of the puzzle. The second thing we look at is planning. So this is all of the strategic functions of, like I mentioned, the ideal customer profile, value proposition. Do we have a plan in place? Do we, can we clearly identify which tactics and priorities we're focusing on aligned back to goals? And then, of course, the execution function. Do we have the resources we need to execute the plan? And do we have a process in place to for the sales and the marketing function to work together, for example, or for the product and the marketing team to work together? And then finally, leadership. So this kind of identifies, is there opportunities for marketing to kind of step up, right, and be seen as, as a leader and get invited to those strategic conversations? So, so far, execution and planning are really the two that with the biggest gaps in organizations. It's, what's interesting about that is that these things go hand in hand, right? If you are responsible for creating the plan, one of the pieces of planning is to make sure that you're able to execute the plan, right? Instead of putting together a whole entire wish list of, of activities that you're being really thoughtful of the people, the time, the budget, external resources, that kind of thing that are needed for it to be successful. And so, you know, what I find is that many organizations try to, to rush too fast into execution and then they get really frustrated later because why is it taking so long? I don't understand, right? And so that is just kind of a reality. I've, I have a lot of conversations with CEOs and that is a, a resounding sort of sentiment. You know, why does it take so long? They, in their mind, the blog post takes one hour to write and it's done and should be posted or the podcast it's how long is the recording? Okay, it's one hour. It should be done. I don't understand what's taking so long. So they have no real appreciation for the ex, you know, excellence ex- execution factor. So those are things I would say absolutely take the scorecard. That's a, a really good way to identify where you have gaps in your current plan. And then secondly, reach out if, if you're interested, but I'm, I've been doing this for companies so we can see here's the perception of the marketing team and how they would rate themselves versus other people in the organization. So the sales or the C-suite or the product team. And then that's sort of your real opportunity, right? Perception is reality. And this gives you a tool that says, here's what I think. Here's what the rest of the team thinks. Where are we? Are we aligned or do we have gaps? Going back to the point you made earlier about planning and execution, How do marketers know and communicators know what strategies are right for their particular situation in their particular company? I mean, do you suggest some kind of research conversations? What kind of questions maybe they need to be asking? Because unfortunately, you know, some folks, I think, are really not very au fait with what's their particular challenge. And there can be several ways and strategies to fix their alignment problem, but it may not necessarily be applicable to their particular company and situation. So how do I go about identifying what's the best strategy or set of strategies to fix what causes my alignment challenge in my company? There's a couple of different things I would say. Again, kind of going back to the the marketing scorecard, it will help sort of identify where your biggest your biggest gaps are. But I would say one thing that that people tend to neglect is just the relationship factor, right? I mean, alignment is about, hey, we're all working toward the same goal and we're all collaborating and working well together. Often we try to jump to 
solving this with a tactic or a brainstorm session of, okay, let's get everybody in a room and let's do an ideal customer profile. But nobody's going to be open to even participating in in that brainstorming session if you haven't first tried to build some foundational relationship between the organization, right? Between the the functions. So So I would start there, actually, is I would say, what kind of relationship do I really have with my sales team? What kind of relationship do I have with my product team? What kind of relationship do I have with the customer service team or with my C-suite? And be really honest with yourself on this piece. And this is, marketers have more control than they really think, right? Nobody's going to come to you and say, you know what, I've noticed that you don't have a great relationship with the product team. I'm going to suggest that you do the following things. You actually have to figure this out on your own. And so some of the things that, you know, just like any relationship that you have with people, can you call them? Can you email them? Can you text them? Right? I mean, what level are you at with within the organization? So let's just kind of break this down a little bit further. So I would say for, for marketing and sales alignment, that's always like a big sore point and a big pain point. And I've, I've done a lot of talks on this and we could probably have a whole separate conversation just on marketing and sales alignment. But I'll boil it down to kind of one little nugget here that the biggest disconnect is because sales is focused really short-term and they're, they, they have to hit a number and their job is literally on the line if they don't hit their number, right? That's very different than marketing who's thinking long-term and not as worried. So, you know, one of the things that, that I did early in my career when I switched over from B2C to B2B was I realized very quickly that the sales team, I needed to get the sales team on my side. So I started spending a lot of time with them and I asked to attend sales methodology training. So in our organization, we had, you know, every new seller had to go through sales methodology training. So I asked to attend. And when I got there, the trainer looked at me and said, marketing, why, why in the world is there a marketer here? And I said, we want the same thing. Sales is going after customers. Marketing is going after customers. We're just doing it in a different, a different but complementary way. Once I understood kind of the sales process and I could speak the sales language, all of a sudden my credibility went way up with the sales team. And that, that actually helped build a really great relationship because then they started inviting me to customer meetings and they started inviting me to customer events and they wanted my opinion and they wanted my help and they valued, they valued me when I said, no, thank you very much for that suggestion and that idea, but we're not going to do that. I have a better idea. We're going to do this. And they were like, yeah, that sounds great. Versus, so it's, that, that's kind of one piece I would recommend for everybody who has not yet attended sales training. Ask if you can, if your organization has sales methodology training. If they don't, then what I would do is go to the head of sales and I would say, hey, what's your, what sales methodology is the sales team following right now? Or what is your very favorite sales book? And see what they say and go buy the book and read the book so that you can start speaking the same language because there's a very specific vernacular in a lot of these sales methodology books. And once you can start speaking that as a marketer, now all of a sudden you're on the same page with the sales team. So that's kind of one piece of advice. The other piece, let's break down product a little bit. There's always a lot of tension usually between the marketing and the product team, right? Because marketing, at least in my experience, product was frustrated that they weren't getting attention from marketing, right? And especially if they have a number to hit for their product, they want marketing to go build campaigns and go build content and go help me make sales for my product. But marketers are expected really to be able to connect the dots from what customers care about to how the product or service solves their problem. But many marketers, and especially in B2B, don't understand the product or what the product does. 
And, you know, if you're working a B2C company, this is very easy. Like, for example, I worked in the credit card industry for, for Nordstrom, which is a retail shopping mall here. And, and I was responsible for retention marketing for the credit card, which is basically how do you get people to keep using the credit card once they've signed up for it? So because that's a consumer product, it was very easy for me to go sign up for my own credit card. And now all of a sudden I'm a customer. For, we talk about put yourself in the shoes of the customer. Well, that was easy because I was the customer, right? So it's, I have a credit card. Oh, okay, I understand. I got the bill. It's confusing. Let's do this, right? It's very, very different in B2B when you're selling, let's say, high-tech high solutions to an IT department. You are not going to ever really be the user. It's very difficult to put yourself in the shoes of that type of customer, right? But interestingly, and this, this kind of comes up, most marketers never go through product training. And so they don't really even understand the, basically how the product works and why a customer would care about these various features. So, you know, that's a small thing. If you're finding that that's really difficult, I would, I would go ask for product training. If it's a formal process, go attend it with, with the sales team. I mean, surely new, sale, new sellers are onboarded in a certain way and they, they have to learn the product. I would ask to go through that, that specific training so that you can really understand the product. And again, boost the credibility of of your understanding with that product organization. This is great stuff. In fact, just as a CMO myself, my brain is ticking because what I'm picking up is one word from what you're sharing, which is insertion. How much or how well are you as a marketing team and the communications team inserting yourself into the various aspects of the organization that you have to partner with the most, which are your sales team, your product team, the business generally. How well are you inserting yourself into the experience of your sales team, going on sales calls, seeing the rebuttals that they have to face and have to experience and have to answer to? How well or not well the brand is known among the target customers that they're trying to speak to on the product side? Do you even understand what you're marketing, <laughs> right? When we're talking about building a great brand and talking about all the great solutions we offer, do we even know about it so we can articulate that value proposition in a powerful and effective way? I think there are so many opportunities because I find that sometimes, I mean, again, confession is good for the soul. Sometimes we marketers, our heads are down, yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, into doing what we do because, hey, it's, as you said, excellence and execution, right? We're super busy getting things done for the same salespeople and product people that we're not fully aligned with, but yet the alignment doesn't come. And then we ask why, you know, we do really have to invest that time and energy to understand what's happening and, and make sure that we're up that learning curve so that we can be more effective, not only at what we do, but be able to have those eye-to-eye -eye conversations. You know, I see you, I understand you, I understand products. And so whatever you're coming to the table with has already that almost inherent alignment because you come from a place of knowledge and understanding. I'm really getting some great nuggets. Now, Stacey, as we, we try to tie up this conversation, so let's assume that we've assessed the problem. We know there's an alignment challenge. We've found out the reason why. We've identified some of the strategies that we can use to fix the issue. We're good to go now. And there may be some people listening who are like, I don't have an alignment problem. How do we create the sustainability? So assuming that we are at a place of alignment, 
how do we sustain and maintain alignment in our companies just to make sure that we don't lose it? Yes, yeah. Well, so my answer here, which is a little bit different than your definition, but I would say is internal marketing. So it's marketing your marketing, which is really about creating a dashboard, creating an internal newsletter, participating in your Slack channel to share wins, creating a brag book even of positive comments that you get from the sales team or the customer service team or from customers so that you're kind of just keeping everybody focused. So what I have found is, especially in marketing campaigns, and we talked about, you know, things take a little bit longer than everybody always wants to start to see some momentum. And so your job really is to help keep that excitement and that focus on while you're building that momentum, right? And then once you have some momentum, then it's a matter of keep keep communicating because people easily forget, right? It's like, well, was that thing successful? I don't know. I don't remember. Well, it's marketing's job really to keep reminding them that, yes, this was successful. Here's why we're doing it again, right? And just like, this is the thing we're getting out of it and look how great it is. So that's a piece that I think most people neglect because it's not necessarily fun to work on. And it's not sometimes easy. I mean, like I said, I worked in in several large organizations and marketing in those companies, it's behind the scenes, right? We're not actively closing the deal and getting the customer to sign on the dotted line. And, but we are a, a, a function that helped kind of make that happen. So it's, it's really being able to put yourself out there and make sure that you're celebrating the success of you and your team. Because if you, go, if you don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. I learned that kind of the hard way that I was waiting for recognition at, that never really came. And so I kind of just took matters into my own hands and started socializing that and sending out a weekly sort of recap of all the great stuff that marketing was able to accomplish and all the wins that we had and, and how we helped make deals with the sales team. I love that. And yes, I agree. We don't want the internal marketing founding fathers to be turning in their graves, <laughs> butchering the intended and original definition of what internal marketing is. But I do get it. it it's really tantamount to fixing your PR problem as I like to call it, you know, what kind of PR are you doing for your marketing? You know, does your company, do your colleagues know and understand a what you do and how you contribute to the success of the company, but sharing those wins, sharing those successes. And I will agree that it does help. I mean, in, in my experience, we've done things like um, internal podcasts, e-newsletters, video newsletters, even roadshows. We would literally do roadshows because I, I work with a financial company, so we have branches. So we would literally go around and do roadshows and presentations to team members to talk about what's been happening in the brand world, in the marketing space, and how we've been serving the company and the wins that we've enjoyed. And just also, again, to hear from them, you know, get that communication line open as wide as possible. It's great. So yeah, fixing your PR problem, your marketing problem internally with what it is you're doing. I really agree with that. So Stacey, we've shared some awesome points today. I'm certainly taking notes myself. I'm sure our listeners have been taking notes as well. And my penultimate question is, and it's a standard penultimate question that I ask all my awesome guests, which is what's the key nugget? What's the key takeaway you'd like for our listeners to come away with having heard everything you would have shared with us in this episode? 
Yes, boil it down, let's say, to treating your internal stakeholders as another customer segment. Really, they have their own needs, their own motivations, their own expectations. And when you think like a marketer for those different groups that you are working with, your job really is to help understand what do they value and be able to work towards building that kind of positive working relationship and an alignment toward a common goal. So that's what I would advice. <laughs> I love that. Nicely said. Treat your internal partners, your colleagues, your internal customers as another customer segment that need their own kind of a marketing strategy, communication strategy, so they understand what you do, the value that you bring, and how those objectives are achieved. I, I think that's a great way to wrap. Stacy, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate your taking the time to share your awesome insights with us. And my final question, to, as again, a standard question I ask of all my awesome guests is how can we, the Internal Marketing Tribe, support you? Yes. Well, first of all, I'd love to connect on LinkedIn. So Stacy Danheiser, for anybody that's on LinkedIn, I also run a B2B marketing community. We host events every couple of months. So if you're in B2B marketing, it's called Soar Marketing Society. We'll share a link to that. And then I mentioned the, the Confident Marketer Scorecard. So I think that will be a really good resource to just illuminate where or if you have gaps in your marketing approach and alignment. Wonderful. Yes. And I do endorse that, folks. Please go and follow and connect with Stacey on LinkedIn. She posts very regularly, which we know the minority of LinkedIn users <laughs> post, right? But yes. Stacey's one of those that's out there practically every day. So please go follow her awesome content, connect with her. And yes, we will be having links and additional information to everything that she would have shared in the show notes. So please go and have a look at that and reach out. So Stacey, thanks again. And I appreciate you and have an awesome rest of the day. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Internal Marketing Podcast. I hope you got some great takeaways from this conversation. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, then please join the tribe. And don't forget, feel free to share this podcast with anyone whom you believe will find it valuable as well. I'm your host, Carrie Ann Stimson, and I look forward to your joining me next time.